Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from. Welcome back to another episode of Cheeky Chip Chat. We are back. We are back after an, an a fairly unplanned hiatus. I think I think we can say I don't think any of us expected to be uh, expected to be affected by the coronavirus uh, this much. You know, whether it's in our own daily lives, whether it's in you know not being able to watch you know the the, the sport that we all know and love. Uh, it's definitely hit us all pretty hard. So, uh, you know, we are, we are th- of course, thinking of everyone um, who has been affected by this crisis. And uh, together we will get through it. Uh, and we hopefully will be able to, to help you guys get through it uh, with some more weekly episodes of Cheeky Chip Chat. Starting with this one. Let's go. So guys, welcome back. Welcome back. I am, of course, joined today by Paul and Jamie. Hey, hey. hey it's good to be back. It has been way too long. Way too long. Yeah. Way too long. Two months, I think. About oh, two months. Yeah. Almost At didn't least. make my way back. <laughs> Almost didn't make my way back. <laughs> we've, um, we've all been we've all been suffering in in pretty much self isolation, right? We've all we've all been all been stuck at home. Uh, any any highlights, Paul? I I know you you just told us your tat your your, your cat took a took a fat dump, uh, and uh, you know is, is is that is that like one of the highlights of your quarantine? Not one of the highlights. Um, to be fair, um, no, I've just been working. You know, I've been teaching online, which has been pretty uh pretty exciting. Um, but you know, I've just been trying to make it through. It's been cabin fever mostly. We've been playing a lot of video games. You know. I know uh, you and I have been playing a lot of video games. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so just really kind of making it through, you know, trying to beat cabin fever, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay, you know, responsible and self, self-isolate. Um, I'm glad we're back. That's all I got to say. You know, I'm glad we're having some soccer in our lives again. Uh, I think that you and I both agree that the reason, you know, we felt that this hiatus was necessary was that, there were more important things in life than soccer. And especially at these times, I think that, you know, we, we made that call and I think that it was, it was a good one after all, but we're back. So I'm happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are some really serious things going on and, uh, you know, it was a nice chance for us to just take a moment, step back, reflect on everything and just kind of also help ourselves deal with this crisis. Cause I know all of us have been individually affected, um, in, in some way or another as well. Uh, Jaden, how have you been, uh, have you been holding up the last couple months, uh, especially with good, uh, good. no soccer, you know, nice chance for Spurs to get some players back, you know, it's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, hopefully everyone can can recover from injury. But yeah, it's it's been a good couple of months. I've been working too much, running a lot. Um, our highlight was that squirrels managed to burrow into our walls. So no that was fun. way! But we've uh, since dealt with with those. So that that was that was a certainly added some excitement to to quarantine, <laughs> at least. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Kind of the same things Paul said. Definitely a lot of cabin fever. I don't really feel like I have that much more free time, but it's been good. Cooking a lot. Yeah. Picking up some new hobbies, picking up some new hobbies, skills. That's all all very we good. Had, I'm learning to play guitar. You are! No Excellent, yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to yeah, jam yeah. sometime, man. That'll be great. Yeah, man. I, uh, that's that's what my quarantine uh, goal is to try to learn some guitar. And uh, yeah, I have. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. See, even in a dark time, we can find the positives and we can mm-hmm. grow from it. This is a beautiful thing. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's let's get back into the reason why we are all here. Uh, we are back for some cheekiness, some cheeky chip chat, uh, and we will start with our signature segment, deep fried. Although I got to be honest, a little bit of a spoiler here. We're probably not going to go too deep into this game for reasons that uh, will become immediately apparent once I tell you which game it is that we are covering. Uh, but let's let's get into deep fried. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, 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 
where do I even start? Um, I mean, first, let, let's start by saying it's the classic matches that I'm sure all of us watched at least one of them. You know, various outlets, clubs that were airing classic matches from 20 years ago. And at the beginning, the first couple weeks without soccer was a really nice thing to see, especially if I hadn't seen the game before. It was just a famous game that, you know, I'd, I'd never gotten the chance to personally watch the entirety of it, only seen the highlights. Really nice to get to watch it. But after a while, it just kind of was like, okay, this has all kind of happened before I want some new stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I just got to say, I was thankful to finally get that back this weekend with the return of the Bundesliga, starting with the first match that we will be deep frying today, Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke. Four. I don't really know. Paul, is that... <laughs> it's always weird when I try and say that close. We just go Schalke. Yeah, you're right. Just go Schalke. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, I laugh. I laugh. I shouldn't trivialize this game, guys. This is considered the mother of all German derbies. The Revier Derby. Um, it is named, you know, mainly... It, it's a name that's given, like, to... I believe it's like a competition between any two cities from a certain region in Germany. Uh, but it's it's really used to refer to this particular derby, Dortmund versus Schalke. Uh, Paul, you being the resident Bundesliga expert, is there anything you'd like to add to kind of color this conversation before we get into the match itself? Yeah, it's uh, it's so we always think about Dortmund and Bayern Munich being huge rivals, and they are in the same way that let's say Liverpool and Manchester United are rivals, right? Huge teams, same league, and, you know, historically been pretty dominant. I know Liverpool, my point still stands. Um, But this, this derby is a little closer to a, um, uh, like an Everton Liverpool uh, derby uh, um, or even like a North London derby. Uh, Like it's because it's, it's so regional. Right. And uh, this is going to take me back to Mr. Prime's AP Euro class role. But uh, uh, this is because they're both in the Ruhr region of Germany, um, which is a very big industrial um, region of Germany. And these two happen to be the big teams from there. So it's a, it's a, it's a very deep seated rivalry. Um, and the locals to more of a point is kind of, it's a bigger thing than, um, you know, Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. Obviously that has bigger standing meaning in the standings, but, um, in terms of just pride, this is, yeah, just pride. It's it's a very regional derby, and uh, those usually end up being like the strongest. You know, those the the most meaningful. So that's that's the only thing I'll add to it. Um, it it's a big derby for uh, for those two teams. You know, yeah. For 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 those of you who don't know, Paul and I were in the same uh, <laughs> European history class in high school uh, many moons ago. So that's... many moons, <laughs> many moons. Um, so uh, Jaden. Let's start with you. Uh, initial impressions when the match started, uh, it, it, the atmosphere, you know, kind of, uh, what, what was it like watching the game? It was strange, honestly. Um, I, I know I, I watched one of the Champions League games that went on with no fans at the very beginning of all this before football really shut down. Mm-hmm. But this, this was strange after um, not seeing groups of people anywhere, um, um, on television or not to, to watch this game and to hear every single word that was being said on the pitch, um, not have to, to have the game talked up as a big Derby and not have kind of the, the regional bias for me, obviously being from the States, not understanding the importance of this game, um, hearing it's important and then seeing no fans there. It, it, it felt strange. Um, I'm really weird. And you can tell at the beginning that the players were a bit rusty, a little bit apprehensive. There was, there's a couple of mistakes um, at the very be- beginning of the game that you just don't see professional players make uh, misplaced passes and, and things like that. But uh, really interesting to, to see actual live soccer going on right now. I think one of the most interesting things about the game was, was learning about the Derby from the commentators, <laughs> everything Paul was talking about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we watched the um, was it Juventus Inter? I want to say it was the match right before there was a Serie A match right before Serie A was suspended. Um, that we watched prior, like you said, prior to football being shut down, and that was again another uh, big, big rivalry match. Um, and without fans, just there's something missing from the atmosphere. Right? It feels like, even yeah. though sure it is these two clubs going against each other, and it has that 
you know, geographic historical significance, just without having the fans there, the rivalry is just it it just lacks some of that that bite, that 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 intensity, uh, as much as some of the players on the pitch may be buying into it themselves. I feel. Um, so uh, even the, all of that notwithstanding, uh, the match did play out. Um, now, Schalke at least started uh, pressing very high up the pitch, uh, trying to prevent Dortmund from playing out the back. Uh, and I think, Paul, that this played right into Dortmund's hands because I don't think Schalke were fit <laughs> to play in this particular game. And I think they just tuckered themselves out in the first 25 minutes. Well, this is the big thing, right, Raul? Um, when we're talking about, and I know we'll talk about the return of all of these leagues here in a little bit, but mm-hmm. the the big concern that a lot of people have is that this is really going to show the disparity in like money in the league because Schalke, for sure, while a historic Bundesliga club, does not have anywhere close to the funding that Borussia Dortmund has. And I think that kind of showed in their training a little bit mm-hmm. and they came out flat, absolutely came out flat. Um, I, 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 I like what you said that, you know, they did press very hard. And I think, you know, thinking back to the way Schalke was playing before all of this, probably closer to their play style than, you know, what we saw at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. I think they really did tucker themselves out. Um, and that, you know, it's a dangerous thing to do, especially against a side like Dortmund, you know. Um, it's a top three side right now. Uh, can't really give them any kind of space because they're going to they're going to take advantage of it and I think Dortmund just had the ability to train better over the past 2 months than Schalke did and here we are I'm not trying to give an excuse either because you know everyone's in this situation so I do expect Schalke and players from Schalke to train you know but it it looks like Dortmund did a better job over the past two months. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what it really came down to. And I know that you said this game was, was a little boring in a way, which is crazy because Dortmund scored four goals, but I mean, I'm in, in agreement with you because it was like kind of expected. It, almost. Just, it just, it just wasn't much of a contest after Dortmund started to take over. And I'm not going, let's not pretend that Dortmund were, were, were perfect. And by, by, by any means, I mean, Dortmund may have been the more fit of the two sides, but we saw, especially like even early on, we saw them creating some pretty clear-cut cut chances and spurning them because, I mean, just the lack of match sharpness itself, like for, forget just being able to run around, just not being there on the pitch in that match environment, even if there's no fans. But Jaden, as somebody who's played at a de- pretty decent level, um, even if, you know, in college, um, you know, this, as somebody who's played, I'm sure you can speak to the importance of the consistency of getting out there, being in a match environment rather than it's not something that you can simulate, you know, in your backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, any, I think anyone who's, who's played competitively or not can, can speak to that. There's always something different about playing in an actual match versus just practice or training, especially when you haven't been training with teammates. Um, and just um, from my experience training throughout the summers, um, you put in as much work as you can, but you're not with your your teammates before before going back to school and and, and getting together in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it really is quite the wake up call, even when you start training with teammates, let alone playing in matches. Um, so yeah, you you could tell that there was some some match sharpness um, that was lacking a little bit, um, just with the minor mistakes and 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 almost the the atmosphere from the players uh, right off the bat. There, there was certainly some apprehensiveness, as I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it, it is kind of like riding a bike. I mean, if you've, if you've learned how to do it sooner or later, you take enough chances, you'll, 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 you'll put yourself back up kind of near the level that you were at. Um, and Dortmund certainly ascended that mountain much faster than Schalke ever did because Schalke didn't score. Um, but uh, Dortmund in the 29th minute, uh, Torgan Hazard, a fantastic ball in from the right wing, a picture perfect cross, um, slotted on long the ground, uh, behind the center backs, Erling Holland had to be him to score the first game the first goal in the first game back, uh, from this hiatus, uh, perfectly positioned, uh, between Schalke center backs, 
is is his leg just outstretched enough to reach the cross, taps it into the corner. Uh, Paul, your thoughts on this goal? I, I agree. I, I agree with everything you just said, except for I think that we cannot underestimate the importance of Julian Brunt in this goal because his back heel releases set Hazard up, mm-hmm. and it leads to this goal. I think it was just Jaden who was just mentioning, or it was you who was mentioning that you know they made Dortmund had a lot of chances there at the very beginning of the game, but they weren't very clinical of putting them away. And I think this goal kind of embodies that transition because if you look at it, Holland almost missed this. It almost looks like a missed kick of Dorgan Hazard's cross. I don't right? think it hit his foot, right? It came like off his leg, like off of the, I, I, it was, it was weird the way he hit it. Exactly. So like it, it kind of embodies that idea that like, I mean, you get into so many situations, you're eventually going to score. And obviously, this was a really nice goal, but it it flipped that switch for Dortmund, it seemed, because they finally broke that, you know, oh my gosh, we're not finishing these goals, and now we can finally finish these goals, even if it was almost a mistake in its kind of birth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I loved it. You know, Holland with that little, with a little, the walk he did over in front of uh, what used to be the yellow wall, right? <laughs> like, you know, eerie to say the least because of what Jaden said, you know, and especially the Signal Laguna part uh, with the yellow wall, you know, it, it, it's very, it's the weird juxtaposition. Isn't of it, the, it, It's like the uh, largest but... cop in Europe or something like that, 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 that wall that they have there. It's, it's... not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> of, course, of course, he has to. He has to butt in and ruin my moment. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So I, I thought it was a beautiful goal, and obviously, no one but Holland. Um, even though I don't know if you guys watched his after game interview. Uh, Pretty interesting interview. <laughs> Very. Uh, he uh he gives some really like he, he he's like trying to be like uh. Zlatan esque, but he just comes off as just kind of weird in his yeah, interviews. Huh. Interesting, yeah, funny. It was pretty funny, anyway. But it was a great goal, a great goal, and starts just just the onslaught that happens yeah, afterwards it, 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 for the next forty minutes, forty five minutes. Exactly, it, it turns turns the tap turns the tap on. Uh, now, Paul, glad you mentioned the ball to release uh, Torgan Hazard down the right wing because. I, this is the kind of one of the tactical wrinkles I wanted to talk about from Borussia Dortmund. Um, the way that they were able to draw, almost draw the fullbacks of uh, of Schalke um, towards one of the central players, and then exploit an overlapping runner running in behind with a perfectly timed pass. At least, at least three, if not all four of these goals were set up like that. Um, definitely this next one when Guerrero is released down the left wing from, uh, is it Brandt again? It's a similar mm-hmm. ball to the one that released Hazard, uh, but Guerrero gets played down the left wing this time instead of down the right. Uh, and this time he doesn't cross. He's just like, all right, I'm just going to go and <laughs> I'm going to hit this as well as I can. Clinical finish slots it away for two nil. That's the 45th minute. That's the end of the first half. I know we're flying through this guys, but again, not really a lot happening other than, Dortmund dominating or Dortmund creating lots of really, really dangerous chances. I mean, if we look at the XG map here, uh, Schalke had, uh, let's do some quick counting here, 10 shots. Um, and uh, I think three of them came from inside the box. Uh, and Nine none shots, of, three on target. Yeah, yeah. yeah none of them, huh. none of them looked like they really had an XG of, you know, over five. If I'm if I'm being honest, Schalke had a had an overall XG in this game of 0.35, so <laughs> they were not even close <laughs> based on the quality of chances that they created uh, to breaking through uh, with with Dortmund. Um, so we're just gonna move right along. Three um, 0 to start the second half, forty uh, eighth minute. Uh, Dortmund picking up right where they left off after halftime. Uh, can we talk about the lightning counter attack? I know we talked about you know, match fitness, but this was seriously impressive. Uh, Julian Brunt, um, he starts the counterattack. He passes it to Holland. Holland gets absolutely destroyed, but before he does, plays it back out to Brunt, beautifully into space, 
and then Brunt with the wherewithal to play the through ball, slide it between the defenders to an arriving Torgan Hazard, who clinically smashes it for 3-0. It was a fantastic goal. And I, I stood up and clapped because, I, I mean, it, it's nice to see goals going in, guys, when we haven't seen soccer in a few months, but that was that was a, seriously a nice one. I don't know. I thought the uh, the keeper could have done a little better job on it. You think so? I mean, he really yeah. smashed it. It was just near post, right next to the keeper. Okay. Like, if it was far post, I thought, you know, probably I'm with you. I just, I thought the keeper could have done a little bit better. You know, I love Thorgan Hazard, so, like, I'm not complaining. Depending on who's um, going to get credit, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm i just, I want to put that in there because uh, it was a nice goal from outside the box. First time, you know, first time touch, finish right into the goal, but. And on back. Sorry, Jaden, go for it. No, no, no. And on a, a quick tactical note, um, I like how you highlighted that the common denominator here is in finding space um, in between the the uh, third center back, the outside center back, and Schalke's wing back. Yeah, that that gap there. And I was kind of surprised that that Schalke lined up with the three four three, knowing that Hakimi and Guerrero are famous for being able to to overlap those wingers and get forward. And uh, a back four would certainly have been, at least in my opinion, a bit more uh, helpful to them to compress space in, in the mm-hmm. back there. And that, that's where, where all – when they found split passes um, past uh, any of the the, door, or the Schalke midfield, um, like even, even in the first goal, um, mm-hmm. I would even go a step further and attribute that goal to Peacecheck, I think it was, that, that played the pass. It may have been Peacecheck, so, yeah. To 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 Brant who mm-hmm. flicked it to Hazard, mm-hmm. um, and once they were able to get past Schalke's wing back, I mean there was just huge holes on either side of the that back three that they exploited really well for all these goals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we've talked about the, uh, the some of the deficiencies of playing a three at the back formation, and that is certainly one of them. Um, so uh, with that, forty eighth minute. Uh, that goal goes in, uh, and 15 minutes later, uh, Dortmund sealed the deal for this one. 4-0. Guerrero again. Uh, nice give-and-go with Erling Holland. Uh, I gotta be honest, didn't think he was onside when I first saw this goal. I was like, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no way that you were onside. But no, there was a Schalke defender who was not level with his men by any means whatsoever. I mean, he was completely out of position. Um, played him onside. Shoddy defending, to be honest with you. But a brilliant, actually, outside-the-foot finish. If you look at how he hits it, I believe he hits it with the outside of his foot. Lifts it over the keeper. Fantastic finish for 4-0. And, uh, yeah. Anything to say about that one? I mean, there's not really a lot to talk about this game. It's just, it's just saying great goal Dortmund just four times. It's, 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 that's really all we got, <laughs> uh, which is why I said this is not really going to be a, a, a deep fried as we normally do, even though we've sat here talking about it for about 15 minutes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it was, uh, it was, it's, it was nice to have football back. I will say that. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yep, amen to that. All right, guys. Um, so with that, we will uh, close the chapter on the Revier Derby, uh, and we will go to Chip Specials. All right, guys, let's talk about the state of leagues returning. We know that the Bundesliga has already returned. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to slightly less than normal deep fry uh, Dortmund versus uh, Schalke. But um, let's uh, let's talk about everybody. Let's talk about everybody. So obviously, we'll start with the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga returned. Play resumed on May 16th. Uh, they plan to finish all the games as scheduled, but in empty stadiums. Players have been asked to social distance, not make contact during goal celebrations, maintain distance on the bench. Uh, wear a mask, protective gear, all that stuff. This information comes from an article written by um, CNN, by the way. Um, in the same article, uh, read about uh, two Dinamo Dresden players who uh, tested positive. So that's obviously unfortunate. Um, I think they're. I think I believe they're only quarantining the players who test positive, not the entire squad in the Bundesliga. Um, and then another story that I read in a Sports Illustrated article said that. Uh, Augsburg manager Heiko Herlich uh, missed the match 
Paul, why was that the case? Why was that the case? Would you like to tell everybody? Well, he broke the uh, quarantine rule. So uh, all the uh, players were mandated to quarantine um, before this this weekend. So and coaches and staff uh, were mandated to quarantine before this weekend. And he went out to the local uh, store to buy some toothpaste. And that is why <laughs> he was not able to manage um, the game this weekend. Yep. So Augsburg were, were without a manager. Um, Very yeah. interesting reason Crazy. to be without a, without a manager. I mean, ma- 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 l- wow. Listen, I'm sure his dentist is proud of him. In some respect, absolutely right. I mean, he's taking he's taking his <laughs> dental hygiene seriously. By if, if, if we're gonna, you know, I mean, we can at least give him that. But uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but missed missed the game nonetheless. The game. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you had one job anyway. Um, he'll be back. You know, obviously, he's not sick. He's just you know, yeah. kind of an idiot. Um, but <laughs> that's the that's the state of the Bundesliga. Uh, let's go to Ligun. Um, scrapped for now. Um, appears that the league's being scrapped. Uh, the Forever. French. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are Neymar and Mbappe going to do now? They have nowhere to play. The league's just. <laughs> <laughs> well, they what? They, they were just like, hey, PSG has the, uh, Lyon was apparently very un- upset. Oh yes. I will get to that. Um, so uh-huh. the French president declared that there will be no sporting events that can happen before September 1st. Um, UEFA president Alexander, uh, and this, that, that came from a uh, sports illustrated article, um, get football news. France, uh, published an article about, uh, UEFA president Alexander Seferin, uh, who sent a letter to the Lyon president, uh, kind of saying he doesn't really understand why the French government and the, the French, the LFP, the French FA, uh, and its head, Roxana Marasine. No new. I apologize if I butchered that name, um, but uh, they don't really understand why the government and the the head of the FA uh, just decided to cancel the campaign um, in April um, when he said that you know countries would have been given through the entirety of August um, to uh, to finish up their their domestic campaigns. So it just seemed a little bit unnecessary um, in April. Um, to make the determination that nothing could happen, um, you know, five months from then. Um, so the 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 Leon president uh, is apparently legally appealing the decision and trying to find ways to fight that decision to cancel the league. Uh, there's still ten matches left to play, so we'll see how successful he is with that. Uh, he seems to have the support of the UEFA president, uh, given this letter being sent to him. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But for now, it appears that Ligun is indeed scrapped for this season very interesting news um now uh moving to Serie A, uh may 28th uh is the date that the italian government will determine if the league can resume in mid-june according to smart sports minister vincenzo spadafora and that's uh from a reuters article the same article also talks about um the Serie A clubs having had uh voted to restart on the 13th of june uh, but then the government extended a ban on sports until the 14th of June, which is pretty interesting. Um, and uh, there is actually this debate going on between the clubs and the government, which I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on, um, is the clubs are arguing that if a player tests positive, only that player should have to quarantine themselves, uh, where the government says they want the regulation to be if one player tests positive, the entire squad has to quarantine themselves for. 14 days to maintain safety what do you guys think about this Jaden, you want to start off with this yeah this is a tough one and uh, i'm not a medical professional and i'm not an epidemiologist yeah let's 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 um, let's just let's just preface all of this discussion by saying like none of us are like medical professionals in any way we are purely talking from a football fan perspective which is the only perspective we can find. continue yes don't, don't get your medical uh Advice from advice us. here. <laughs> yeah, definitely not here. I, I, um, the only medical advice I want you to take from this show is that French fries are delicious. That's it. And you should stretch. And you should. <laughs> and and football is good for health. <laughs> Unless you're a Spurs fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all of that medical advice out of the way, Jaden. Please continue. I apologize. 
Well, I'm, I'm really interested to, to see what happens in Germany because we, you mentioned in, in Germany, right, the, uh, the regulation is if one player um, tests positive, they quarantine, and the I rest believe, of the yeah. squad does not have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, I mean, it, it makes sense, this direction from the, um, from the government there, uh, because if, if a player tests positive and they've been training with the rest of their team, and um, with the rest of their their team, then uh, you'd have to assume that there's a pretty high likelihood that the rest of the squad has been exposed to it, whether or not they're showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, they are they are conducting regular testing, from what I understand. Um, so they're trying to to catch any any possible positive cases before any symptoms could arise. So. Um, I, I am just really interested to see how it goes in Germany. I, I can see both sides there. Paul? I, th- I think uh, I'm kind of with the Italian government here. Um, as much as I would love for Syria to continue, um, the fact that you can be asymptomatic and not even know that you have it, from what I understand, um, that 14 days of quarantine is kind of crucial to maintaining that health of everyone. Um and especially if they're starting to train and whatnot together, I think that if one person has it, the likelihood of somebody else having it is pretty good. Um, and I, I think it's probably a safe bet to uh, say that the whole team should quarantine. I'm with Jaden, though. I, I like where he's coming from. Like, let's see what happens in Germany. Because this whole this whole situation could potentially be all for naught. Because, like, if a bunch of players in Germany test positive this week, I mean, not that that's happened so far, and we're recording this on a Thursday, so it's been been almost a full week here. Um, We just got to be careful, you know? And I think if the Italian government is erring on the side of caution, that that's probably the best way to go. That's fair. That is fair. Um, There is routine testing, I believe, uh, for all players um, and staff who are involved several times, I believe a few times a day. Um, so, uh, you know, between that and how it goes in Germany, we'll see how it plays out and whose argument is stronger and how that affects the return plans, not just in Serie A, but for all the other leagues. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in Italy. Uh, in Spain, uh, La Liga, actually the clubs have already been training for a couple weeks now. Uh, the plan is to resume play on the 12th, according to the president of the Spanish FA. This is from a Sports Illustrated article. Um, and, uh... They say that that's the case, that it'll resume on the 12th, assuming that players and clubs continue to comply with health and safety regulations. Uh, La Liga players have already tested positive, but the plan is still to resume play and only to quarantine those players, just like in Germany. Um, And there's a multi-stage plan for resuming training for clubs, starting with individuals, social distancing, transitioning into small groups, full squad sessions. And um, all of that is being done with guidance from the FA of like, you will do this, then you will do this, then you will do this. It's all very clearly laid out, uh, at least is the understanding of the president from uh, from the Spanish FA to all the clubs. Um, so La Liga seems to be a little bit further along uh, in terms of uh, probably being the next league uh, to return uh, to action, it seems. Um, now the Premier League, um, clubs are currently training. I believe it just started, uh, this past week. Um, um, the clubs are training in groups, groups of five players or less, uh, but actually only 14 of the 20 clubs have voted to resume training, uh, and res- resumption of training in small groups is the first stage of project restart. The next stage will be contact training, um, and then again, kind of transitioning in a similar phase to what the Spanish clubs are doing into larger and larger groups until it's finally uh, everybody training all together. Um, now, apparently, according to a CNN article, if the season is scrapped, broadcasters could receive one billion with the B dollars in rebates for not being able to broadcast all of these matches that they had purchased the rights to be able to broadcast. That is how valuable these rights are. I do want to talk about that in a second once I finish going through this. Um, six positive COVID test results, uh, from they all came from three teams, across 748 tested players and staff. Training is continuing for now, according to a goal article, and no date has been agreed for play resumption of play, 
but they are targeting June just like La Liga and Serie A are. So we will see how that plays out. But guys, $1 billion is no small chunk of change. Uh, you know, how could this affect, how do you guys see this affecting, you know, some of the clubs that are in the Premier League, not just the big guys, uh, but some of the guys who are maybe battling relegation who aren't used to dealing with this kind of cash flow and potentially having to return a bunch of money to broadcasters. I mean, it, it could be detrimental, especially to those, those bottom level clubs. Um, like you mentioned, um, having to get rid of that much cash or give, give back that much cash at once. And, and it's not cash they have. I'm sure they've spent it already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like it's just sitting around. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, it's, it's good. I think to acknowledge um, the, the financial reasons for getting the Premier League back um, and not just to dismiss them, but not, not to, not to pretend that they're not there either. Um, not to pretend that it's just for morale or something like that. Um, there's some pretty significant, uh, economic reasons for Premier League clubs pushing to to continue to to do this, um, and I don't know. I'm not, not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it's it's certainly a thing, especially to those clubs that could totally go bankrupt if they, if they'd have to to give back all this money. For sure, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I think when we when the Premier League does kind of restart, it definitely has to take into account those those lower tier clubs because the the big boys will they'll be fine. I mean, I'm not everyone's suffering economically. I'm not denying that, but you know, when you have those teams that either just promoted or battling relegation, that's so much money that they're potentially going to lose. And I think that you have to keep that in mind when making these decisions, um, because if you put them at a disadvantage, you're you are potentially ruining people's businesses and people's lives all over the place. So it's a dangerous thing to do without you know considering those 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 little clubs because they really you know make up the most you know Aston Villa and all that kind of stuff. I know Aston Villa, yeah, Aston Villa. Um, but yeah, that's I can, my thought on that. I can, I can definitely see where you guys are coming from. Um, and one thing I, I, I agree with you that, you know, they should obviously consider that um, when they're making their decisions. And another thing I, w- I also want to mention is perhaps this will change the way the football clubs look at their own finances, regardless of how big they are, because I know a lot of them. Uh, they like to play things pretty close to the chest because it's like you nothing like this has happened since the Second World War, which was what? like 70 80 years ago yeah. right um yeah. it's nothing like this has happened for a very 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 long time so if for so long it's been a case of like this is a foregone conclusion that we're going to get this money from the tv uh revenue because we're playing in the premier league and for that reason we're going to make decisions x y and z so now perhaps clubs will be a little bit more careful and say you know if something were to happen god forbid uh, these will be the plans that we have in place so that if we do have to lose a large amount of cash, we won't become insolvent, you know, that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how football finance changes as well is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Moving yeah, forward. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think it will help parity in the Premier League. <laughs> oh, definitely not in the short yeah. term. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, so some, cause, because teams are going to have to come up with the cash and the only liquid, the most liquid assets they have are going to be offloaded in the transfer market um, to come up with that cash. And uh, so, so I think some of the big boys are going to potentially get some uh, some big bargains. So we'll see how. Yeah, there's, uh, oh. sorry, there's talk of getting rid of financial fair play potentially for next season, whatever, for the next transfer windows. We'll Manchester see. City, that doesn't mean you can abuse all of your money. That's all, that's all, that's all, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Banter, oh, they don't care. banter aside, yeah, they don't care. Banter United either. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, as if they would care if financial fair play was or wasn't there. Like honestly, like it's not a, it it it, it is what it is. Um, but uh, anyway, the moving on the Champions League and Europa League return plan according to Talk Sport. Um, the Champions League final is being targeted for August 29th. Uh, and they're going to work backwards from there, kind of see when those the rest of these fixtures uh, can be played, uh, largely dependent on what the plan is for each domestic league as to whether it is 
uh, you know, whether they're starting earlier in the summer or if they're if they're starting later in the summer or if they're even canceling it. Um, it, it, it could be the case that they play these European matches kind of along just like the midweek fixtures that we've come to know uh, over the last several years. Um, or it could be a condensed kind of World Cup style tournament um, if the situation and circumstances necessitate that. Uh, based on how things play out domestically. Um, so, yeah, that is pretty much the state of uh, all the competitions that we cover here on Cheeky Chip Chat. Uh, guys, who's ready for some trivia? Let's get it. Let's do it. All right, guys, the trivia championship. Now, normally I like to make these questions thematic with what we're talking about i kind of had to shoehorn this one i'm not gonna lie because i just like this question when i came up with it so uh we just talked about all the top five leagues in europe so i figured and i also mentioned the champions league so i figured i'd come up with this question what was the last year that neither club playing in the champions league or european cup final you know before it was the champions league it was the european cup final uh, what was the last year that neither club playing in that final came from a country that is that has one of the top five leagues in Europe today? So it didn't come from England, Germany, France, Italy, or Spain. Both teams or just one team? Both teams. Okay. Was it A, 2004, B, 1988, C, 1995, or D, 1971? And I can read out those answers again. Yeah, one more time. A, 2004. B, 1988. C, 1995, or D, 1971? I'll go 88. I'm going 71. Jaden! One point for you, my friend, on the return of Cheeky Chip Chat from its hiatus. Well done. All right, guys. So 2004, Porto beat Monaco 3-0. You guys knew that one. Jaden, the correct answer, 1988. PSV Eindhoven beat Benfica. That's the the Dutch team beating the Portuguese team on penalties 6-5 after a goalless extra time. Uh, 1995 was uh, Ajax beating AC Milan 1-0. And finally, Paul, your guess actually was also correct, but it was not the most recent. Uh, ah. It was 1971 was Ajax versus Panathinaikos, uh, a Dutch team versus a Greek team. Yeah, where the, Panathinaikos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where, the, uh, where the the Dutch team won 2-0. Ajax won 2-0. That's, wasn't that Cruyff? Probably that was probably playing. his era, yeah. Yeah, that's why I went with it because yeah. I figured. Did you know I was gonna be cheeky like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just figured a Dutch team because then anyway. Well done, Jaden. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, two thousand four was also the year that uh, Portugal won the Euros, right? Against Greece. There's a year of the. I can fact check that I, because I'm, I'm about that. to pull up your twenty questions, so I can look that up. So oh no! The, Gr- the, Gr- the, the Gr- Greece won, and it was in Portugal. Portugal. And they played uh, Portugal, right? And they right. did beat Portugal. God, Jaden, look yeah. at you! Wow, two thousand four was the year of the little guy. There you Porto go. Porto championship, and well done. All right, I am pulling up the twenty questions individual now, so that I can answer all of your ridiculous questions. All right, nice. Let the questioning begin, gentlemen. Am I a current player? Uh, no, you're not. Jin? Is he good? We may have lost him temporarily. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, am I a current manager? Uh, no. You all on. No, you're not. All right. Um, am I? Did I play in Europe? Uh, yeah. 
You did. Cool. All right. Did I play in England? Um, did you? I don't think so. No. All right. Did I play in Spain? Yes, you did. Did I play in Italy? Yes, you did. Okay. Spain and Italy. Did I play in France? No. All right. Did I play for Barcelona in Spain? Yes. Did I play for AC Milan in Italy? Uh, no. I don't actually have a player in mind. I was just wondering. Okay. Um. All right. So Barcelona and Italy. Did I play for Juventus in Italy? Yes. That's 10. Okay, that's 10. Cool, 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 cool. So, old player... Jaden's internet crapped out. Stand by. <laughs> I mean, you can keep questioning. Um, That player... Hi. Am I Brazilian? Uh, hold on, hold on. Stand by. I think he's back. Is he back? No, anyway. Continue. Uh, no, you're not. That's 11. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, uh. Oh, is he back? I'm back. Awesome. Oh, okay, excellent. he's on. Que- Paul's on question number eleven. <laughs> Paul, you can present him with the information that you remember that you know. All right, Jen. Here's the deal. All right. This is not a current manager and not a current player, so it's an old player. Okay. They okay. played in Spain and in Italy. They played for Barcelona and they played for Juventus. That's pretty much where I'm at right now. Are they a manager? And they're not Brazilian. And they're not Brazilian. That's the yeah. question he just and answered. Their manager as well? No. Or at, least not right, or at least not right now. Okay. Barca and Inter exclusively? Not Inter, Juventus. No, Juventus. Oh, Juventus, sorry. Barca and Juventus exclusively? Not necessarily. No, I don't know that information. They're not a current player. No, not a current player. They're not European. Is that right? Did I hear that? I didn't say that. No, I just said they're not Brazilian. They could okay. be European. You want to ask that question? Are they from Europe? Yes. Okay. Okay. Sounds like Zlatan to me, but I don't. I don't know if did, he's technically did not player. did not play for AC Milan though. Sorry, I did. Oh, he did not play for AC Milan. Uh, did okay, not okay. play for AC Milan. And hmm. <gasps> they. Did, I can't remember if I asked if they played in England. You did. And it was a no. Yes. All right, so it's not Thierry Henry. Fun fact, Thierry Henry played for Juventus before. <laughs> got picked up by Arsenal. All right, um yeah, He was part okay. of that. He was part of that really really famous uh Juventus team that played United in uh in 99, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Who, this guy or No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no Thierry Henry. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right, sorry. Okay, so um they're not Brazilian. Okay. Um are they a midfielder? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, okay. They did play they go. did play midfielder, yeah. They did play midfielder. Any thoughts, Jaden? Um, did they ever win the Champions League? Or can we just say or European or European Cup? Did they ever? Yeah, yeah. I won't if, if it's if it's if it's. I won't. I won't be. I won't be mean like that. I won't. I won't do that to you. Um, let's see. Just checking. Yes. Yeah, they won a Champions League. Wow. All right. Well, won a Champions League, played for Barcelona, played for Juventus. I think I asked if they played in France, and I don't believe they did. Uh, yeah, and you already asked that. You asked if they played in England? Yeah, he does. Yes, and that's a no either. They're no. 14. Next question's 15. Is it my turn, Jaden? All right. Um, did they play in the two thousands? 
Did they play in the 2000s? No. Awesome. Okay. All right. Narrows it down a little bit here. Narrowing um, it down. I feel like they've got to be older then. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. definitely. They haven't played for 20 <laughs> years, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, they could have played. I, I was thinking the 2000s as a decade, not the 2010s. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, could have had a career in the 2010s. That would be interesting now. if they didn't play in the 2000s, played in the 2010s, but are also retired. Had to have been an injury or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that'll be interesting. Hmm. All right. Um, I don't know. Did, did think about the questions you've already asked, like, you know, and, and see if there's, you know, anything else you might want to ask that's related to those, you know, there's one okay. question in particular oh. that you asked that I'm we thinking know, of. We know they're European. Should we ask what kind of country they're from? That might be a good one. That was not the con- that was not the question I was thinking of, but yeah, sure. I mean, you could you could narrow down the nationality too. That would work. Are they? What question are we on? Fifteen. You're on sixteen now. Are they? It. Are they Spanish? No. Right. I will tell you that this line of questioning will make you run out of questions before you yes, get to who I it is. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think what question in particular could be so special. Go through the questions that you asked Paul while Jaden was away. It's one of those questions uh, that you asked when he wasn't right. here. So I asked if they were a manager today. No. Um, uh-huh. I asked if uh, they were a player today. That's a no. I asked yeah. if they played in England. No. Spain, yes. Uh, Italy, yes. France, no. They played for Barcelona, yes. There's like a really key question that like if you ask a related question to that, you'll get it. Like, Paul, you will get it. Did they also play for Real Madrid? Yes. Oh, I know who this is. So my- uh, is, he from, <laughs> is he from Portugal? No. Oh. <laughs> is he Danish? Yes. <laughs> is it Michael Laudrup? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On question number 20, Paul with the buzzer beater. Well done, guys. You just get a point. Oh, God. I was oh, trying I was to get you to ask if he played for Real Madrid without telling you to ask that question. <laughs> I don't believe in players that played for both, so that's why I didn't ask <laughs> that question. And <laughs> yet he was sitting in your FIFA Ultimate Team yesterday. So. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right, guys. Thanks for playing along. Appreciate it. This was fun. Um, and, of course, thank you all listeners for joining us. Uh, as yeah. always, all of the music that you have heard is provided by Purple Planet Music. You can check them out at purple-planet.com. Paul, would you like to shout out the social media? Yeah, follow us at Cheeky Chip Chat on all your favorite social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter. Um, at Cheeky Chip Chat. I'll be posting this episode. Get, us, get our name out there. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jaden. Thank you, listeners, for another fantastic episode. And as always, we hope that you chips will keep it cheeky until we chat next time. Take care.